Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such. Your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. So refreshing, isn't it, to see some Canadian soccer players in action finally. It's been a long time and all, all the crap from the last week. But what's more refreshing is to see Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan once again flying the Canadian flag high last night in one soccer. <sighs> Everything's gone back to normal the way it should be. Right, B? <laughs> You feel oh. good about this? I, I, you know what? I do feel good about it. Yeah, empty stadiums, a, a, a crap opponent. This is exactly what I remember. When it's All right. I want to see. Thank you for saying that because I tell you what, I'm watching this pregame show, right? It was great and all, right? Love Andy, <laughs> love KJ, love Craig. You know. All right. So, so they are championing this Curacao team, and I'm thinking this is like pre-qualifying. Craig saying, "Oh God, Grenada might be us. Shit, Cayman Islands are great. Curacao are not a good team." And we saw that they were terrible, Craig. But what was this this love affair you guys were having with this team? Oh, watch out. You can't take them lightly. They're pretty good. No, they're not. Well, it's because they didn't take them lightly. Oh, is that why? <laughs> hey, they beat Honduras. I mean, I know Honduras are the worst they've been in a 100 years, but they still beat Honduras. Bees, Drywall United could beat Honduras. Yeah. I don't know I think, about I think that. I think our team are just way too strong, way too quick, too much going forward. I mean, yeah. Vittoria spent 10 minutes, I think, in the was it second half. He was in the box. Might have been first half, actually. He didn't even go back into the Fed. He was didn't having a party to. out there, wasn't he? Yeah. He really wanted to score, too. It was good for him. I'm glad he got a goal. Yeah. But you're right, though. I think it's. I think it was because Canada had such a professional mentality last night. You know, right from the first, first minute, 
I mean, they, they, they had an opportunity, a shot on goal. They pressed well. They kept on attacking. They didn't give Carousel much, much room to play. And you could see in the second half as well, Carousel got on the ball. Their movement was better. and They started playing a little bit more, but mm-hmm. especially that first half, they didn't give them an inch to play. And I thought they were very, very dominant. Overall, very professional performance. Um, can I interrupt? Uh, I don't like this, Jimmy. This is TV, Jimmy. I want podcast, Jimmy. Well, you know what, Jimmy? I want some anger and some, some like, what's going on? This no, is but, Jimmy but, right now. He's just full analytical. This, this is Coach Jimmy. This is Coach Jimmy. Long flight back Jimmy. from Vancouver. Come on, give him a break. It was a All long right. flight. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 See, Wonger's not about the X's and O's. He just wants the X's and O's stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got you, you got you to gotta give him credit. You know, I thought they, it was oh, thank very you. good. Thanks, Jeff. No, not you. <laughs> not you. <laughs> not you at all. But the team overall, I thought it was a great performance. Very good performance. From mm-hmm. a lot the, of only prob- the only problem was that that is a side and a profile that they are not playing at the World Cup. Not even close. Yeah. A team that's sitting back against them, they're not going to see that. Do you think Belgium's better than than Curacao? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, you know, it's it would they would give them a game. I think they would have to be very concerned about Curacao, Belgium, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know they were they were dynamic, right? Seeing Fonzie, I mean Fonzie was just incredible in that match, right? I mean, yeah. regardless of the opponents, he was brilliant, taking players on one on one, drifting mm. inside. That that combination was as Atakubi on the left. My word, I mean, it's it's exciting, isn't it? Do you know what from <laughs> I was looking at that right back, and I was thinking to myself, 15 minutes into that match, I'd have been going, oh, hamstring. Out of Kubi and Davis running at you all game? Oh, yeah. no, thank you. Not and today, the service folks. too, right? I mean, the balls in were great as well, I thought. And that's yeah. important, isn't it? You know, those quick balls in. Because if you've got any hope against the Croatias and Belgians of the world, any hope at all, it's trying to get to their back lines, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought they were excellent doing that. Yeah, they just got to be a little more clinical. Yeah, you, you know what it is, Charms? You're just like sick of these feel-good CONCACAF stories. Like you're done with it, right? Because forever you oh. dreamed you wanted Canada to be that story. And you'd see these countries, right? Like everyone has their cycle. Trinidad qualified for the World Cup. Haiti, you know, making uh, semifinals at the Gold Cup. And now you kind of expect them to, to be a, a thorn in the side. Uh, we wanted Canada to be that. Now Canada surpassed that. They've won CONCACAF. They've qualified for Qatar. You don't care about these little CONCACAF. No, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Who cares? <laughs> they, they, they might be looking at Canada saying, oh, look, look at them. Look where they are now. And look where they were. That could be us. No, it can't be you. No, you've, you've changed. No. There was a time where seeing former Aston Villa star Leandro Bakuna suit up for his tiny Caribbean nation. That would no. have excited old charms. No, was he no, was no, he not. was he playing last night? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> was he? <laughs> no, I've got nothing against Curacao. I, I just I, I have more of an issue with the the pre match commentators. That's all. <laughs> who who still don't believe in this Canada team? Still think they could be caused some issues by the, the, these these uh, these no hopers. Fuck off, right? charms. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no hopers come on they're no hopers come on they are no hopers at this yeah, point four clearly. Nils, not it yeah. could have been seven eight could have been, yeah. could have been three no in the first 15 minutes yeah, yeah that's true still uh, it was good i'm glad for john herman too right i mean in the whole situation uh, a week that everybody would really like to forget an opportunity lost well there's my uh, question craig yeah. Does, this, does this fix everything, fellas? Where where do we stand after this game with 
a fairly decent crowd. I know empty, but empty at first and then filled mm. up. But did they fans forgive? Can men's fa- uh, fans forgive? What's going on? How do you feel? What's going on? Well, first of all, I, I the, the ticket sales for that game were soft to begin with. So uh, that's that's something I have to consider. But uh, is it all forgotten? Um, well, they're not playing any more games in Canada before the World Cup. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I think the sooner they get this uh, agreement with the CSA done and that positive view, we hope, uh, with equal pay, because I think it's coming anyway, uh, the better. So I think they're just trying to hash out some finer points, but I think that's coming. Do yeah. you think they're going to try and sneak another home game in, in September, like a farewell? Often teams do that before World Cups, right? They have that one last match, and they'll pack the stadium, be this this great, you know, go get them, boys. Mm. I think who, do they get? who do they get, though? You know, I don't know who's... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I guess Iran might be available. <laughs> yeah, they should do that. Go back and, you know, hey, you know, do you, do you mind coming over? We promise we'll play you this time. <laughs> Finger, their hands behind their back like that, crossing their fingers. No, we promise yeah. we'll pay you. <laughs> be careful, though. I mean, you don't want to get too great a team, right? You don't want to bring in like a Grenadines or someone that could beat you, right, Craig? So you want to... You want a guaranteed win. That's the problem. <laughs> you keep forgetting Big Bad Guadalupe. You overlook them every Gold Cup cycle. Ooh, that's right. There's another one. Yeah. yeah. Seems like I can't pronounce the names. I, I tend to avoid if possible. Martinique. Ooh. Any I'll team that has French before it, any island that has French before it. <laughs> that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. exactly. you, you never know what ex-Chelsea and France star that they may bring over in their late 30s to, to screw over the FIFA paperwork. Or, or, or British virgins before it as well. <laughs> uh, it's virgin, isn't it? <laughs> hey, Speaking of X's and O's. <laughs> Speaking of the opponents in September, though, so you say to do this farewell. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have the chance to see them. I know a lot of voyagers would. People would travel. They'd pack the stadium. But do you want to see them play Panama at BMO in September just to squeeze it and to send them off? Or strategically guys could they you know what's the likelihood of them playing an opponent in september in europe that will actually benefit them i think that's Mm. got a better opportunity or better chance of happening to be honest with you and they'll probably get a little money on the uh, on the side too so and who are you chasing are you chasing hungary are you chasing the czech who who are you chasing are you chasing ukraine serbia I mean, that would prepare you for anything. Yes. <laughs> you could play Serbia and you're ready to play the Stanley Cup finals. Yes. Well, I mean, going back to this whole farewell before a World Cup, some of these big teams will be doing that, just that before a World Cup, right? The Englands, Germany's, France's of the world. And uh, it maybe Canada is a interesting opponent mm-hmm. for them. I mean, England's playing the States, right? Oh, I was just going to say that. I was right? just going to say Some that. football. Yeah, that wouldn't be so bad, would it? England, Canada, Wembley, um, Timber. Is this, is this coming with any knowledge of the situation? Or zero. Is no, zero. honestly, not absolutely oh. zero. That'd be brilliant if they did. Oh, my God. Did it in 85, 86, sorry. In Vancouver. Okay, can we, Wonger, can we make this happen? Because I don't believe that Canada soccer will do that. No, well, I, <laughs> I just saw the marketing I, perspective. I think it's absolutely possible because be England amazing. is buzzing about John Herdman. Yep. Charm's point exactly. I mean, shit, you, we've all been in England. How many times have you been asked if you're American? All the time. No, no, not once. 
<laughs> Australian, South African, sure. <laughs> Never American. Yeah, shit. Sorry, Sharms. Obviously, that question was not directed at you. But I've, I don't think I've ever spoken over there and not been asked what part of the states I'm from. So they think we're the same, was my point. I, I think, uh, oh, God, that'd be great. That'd be great. England at, at BMO or England at BC Place? Oh, the no, big rumor. I think in Wembley. I heard the big rumor oh, though. There's another big rumor is that they're uh, they're they're fixing a game with another Middle Eastern team, Iran. I, I think they're playing in Iran. In Iran, I think they settled everything. Mm-hmm. Going to go play there. Where else could they be playing? Uh, Russia, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Russia. Russians get a get a friendly North against Korean. Russia. The North yep. Korean side, I hear, is uh, <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> they're tough to beat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, it's going to be a well. It's a long gap now, right? No, actually, it isn't actually that long, is it? Really, it's going to fly by this summer. But uh, all's looking good right now. And honestly, I really have this this belief that they're going to sign this deal, right? And people, the average person, doesn't give a shit. They really don't. Just play the games. You know, we can break down the arguments and and what people are saying. CSB, yada yada yada. Yeah. People don't care. No, but the good thing is they're they're playing now, and they had a good result, and it settles things down a little bit. Then they'll play against Honduras on Monday, and then if they get a good performance and good result there, then you know it settles things down, and then they can just deal with everything behind the scenes. And you're hopefully everything gets brushed under the carpet, and the fans are back on track again. What if they don't get a good result on Monday against Honduras? As Forrest said on the broadcast afterwards, this is the worst Honduras he's seen in his hundred years. Oh, sorry, in 100 years. Yeah. I uh, can't have, see them. Not. They'll have no trouble with Honduras. Curacao, yeah. different batter. That was a tough, tough game, that one. Could have been a real banana skin, that's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very tough. Hey, do you see uh, Kavisha Buchanan's made the move to Chelsea? Oh, no, didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Huge deal. Huge move. Here we all were waiting on the Real Madrid announcement. Yep, oh, mm. broke down this morning, so good for her. Can turn off all of my Spanish notifications then for uh, Spanish press releases. Okay, back to English. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, amazing. Another another Canadian at Chelsea. Oh, I love it. I love it. Dave Starkey is going to be over the moon. Oh, Chelsea Superman. He Every single is, time yeah. Jesse Fleming is on the pitch, he's tweeting us. It's great. Yeah. Now he's got to watch. He can buy another shirt now. <laughs> Definitely got a Fleming shirt. That's going to get a Buchanan shirt. Love it. That's brilliant. Um, so the transfer window opens today, right? Yeah, across Europe. Interesting. Lots of rumors. Obviously, t- players can't announce. Well, they can announce, but they can't actually sign until July 1st, I think it is. But uh, the actual window opens today. Now, the window came into effect in, I think, 2003. I think, Craig, you just missed the window system, right? When you were there, it was like, anytime you can be dealt. You're Whoa. like a piece of meat. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. Unless you were, you know... A- if you're going to make a transfer and play in the FA Cup that you've already played in, you know, that's not going to happen type thing. But Right, right. But Jimmy, you obviously spent uh, a good part of your career in the transfer window system. When that deadline hit, you know, as far as, okay, boys, it's free game now. Like, did the dynamic change in the room? Obviously, the season's finished. This is the summer transfer window. In yeah. No, no, not, not really. Because it's not like the whole team's up. Right, and out of contract. There's only a couple of players that normally are, are available during that window. 
So you know you're expecting certain players to come in. So it's interesting on, on that respect. If, if I'm under contract and that window's open and I know we're, we're looking at players, it's, it's interesting to see who they're going to get and bring into the club. And then on the flip side, there might be one or two players that you have that you know, okay, they're getting a lot of attention. They're playing really well. It's in the papers. They're linked with a couple of clubs. And then you'll find out exactly where they're going to go. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time. It is a fun time to see who's coming in, who's going out. A lot has to do with how you played and where you finished the year before, too. If you had a yeah. really good season, they were going to stick with the same squad. There wasn't really much of a worry. But if you had a poor season or even relegation, finances change. Club's going to make some moves. You're kind of keeping yourself close to the phone to see what kind of things are moving at your club. But it all depends on your season before, really. Kind of like Richie Larea. I mean, they go they go to the Premier League, and it's like, okay, uh, now what? Mm-hmm. Now what for Richie? You know, he didn't start that game last night. I mean, it's mm-hmm. is it a factor for him moving forward? He's gonna he's gonna have to try to get some games. He's you know talked to Nottingham Forest. Am I in your plans? But with this World Cup situated where it is, he's got to be playing, mm-hmm. even though he does seem to do an excellent job coming off the bench or even starting in that last yeah. last World Cup cycle without playing games for Nottingham. He he's, he's fits in without yeah. playing games. Even even at Forest, when he came on, he was an impact. The, the game last night, as soon as he came on, impact oh, yeah. sets up yeah. sets up Davies. Like, you know, he's a, he's a very good player. He just needs to play. But sometimes you know, the, the player hasn't got the ear of the, the coach, right? Maybe Steve Cooper, for whatever reason, doesn't rate him. Um and that's tough, right? The player can back himself and look forward to a preseason. But if if first yeah. initial impressions, sadly, in football are pretty important, right? And if if the coach just doesn't rate you, you probably figure that out pretty quickly, don't you? Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I don't think it's a case that he doesn't rate him, though. I think it's a case that they're playing so well, and a couple of players, Spence in particular, that was keeping him out of the side. Uh, the only problem when you get promoted. A guy like Spence has a better chance of being signed full-time because he was only on loan for Middlesbrough. Right. And the team's not getting weaker. It's going to get stronger. Whereas if they lost that playoff final, Richie Larea might have been in personally a better position, perhaps, where Spence moves on to the Premier League somewhere and things open up and next thing you know, he's playing. So mm-hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to know. But I think what Cooper will do, and I think it's uh, Richie's best uh, interest to do, is to make sure that he has a conversation with him and, find out what his plans are. Do I have a chance to get in that team if I fight and stay here or not, but I need to be playing games and hopefully we can resolve that issue and somehow work it out that I'll uh, get some playing time somewhere. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see because I know with Jed, Jed Spence, I mean, Forrest think that they're going to be able to sign him. I think Middlesbrough wants 16 million. Hmm. Um, Tottenham are in as well. Um, but apparently uh, Tottenham are starting to have a sniff at somebody else right now as well. And if they are starting to look at somebody else and weighing up options, then I think it's better for Forrest to sign Spence. But does it make it more difficult for for Larea if he ends up if they do end up signing him? I wonder what those I mean. You tell me those postseason season ends before you know you all go on your vacations. I'm assuming every player has that meeting with the, the manager, right? They'll end a season like set expectations for the last season. Talk about. What happened the previous season? Is that a thing? Were they were they meetings that you look forward to? Any um, bad experiences? Mm, I don't remember actually having meetings before going on a break. Actually, specifically, you might talk. They might give you a call. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, 
in the off season and have a chat, but right at the end of the season, it's not really something most people are looking to get off for a couple of days yeah, to right. have a break. Yeah. What about I, I, TV? Did they do bet- the, sorry, Jimmy, did they, did they, did you guys have an end of season during the broadcast season and end of season chat with your executive producer? I've had more meetings with footy prime than my entire career combined in TV. Same. We did soccer. <laughs> yeah, you guys are done now. Come back in August. Fuck off. Or they wouldn't. They, usually, they didn't even know that the season was off until August. <laughs> that it was is usually true that. as well. Yeah, or fired. Yeah, I didn't or know fired. Or didn't fired. Even tell you. Yeah, months later, getting calls from people at sports say, "Hey, are you, are you look forward to the new season." What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, do you know what? There's a promo they're running, and I think that's my voice in it. Saying something about Sportsnet now, I keep no hearing it. No way! I think it it's might my be. voice in it. Hey, I've got a ton of um, obituaries that I voiced yes. sitting in the archives at Sportsnet. It's waiting for guys to die. I wonder if they'll revoice them. You got you did the early obituary reads. Oh yeah, charms. They're so morbid. The Deadpool. You know? Who's who's next on the list? Who should um, be coming up? Well, this I, I know for a fact. I've done a Pele. Well, yeah, um, I revoiced one of Maradona a long time ago. Remember? I did a Maradona. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I've done a couple yeah. of Maradona's at different places. I mean, there, there was a certain uh, famous knighted manager that was uh, sick. He took a terrible turn after Charmin was no longer there. And I was asked uh, to come in at noon on a Saturday ahead of my 7 p.m. shift on Saturday night to uh, to voice this, uh, revoice it for Charmin. So, so oh, I did my best yeah, James Charmin impression if it ever airs. Yeah, I, I, I wrote it, so it's obviously going to be an easy read because it's so superbly written. <laughs> you know, one of the surprising things about guys like you that host shows and Jerry Dobson and that when they're reading some of that stuff, those live, you know, obituaries, like it's like, some of it just breaks me out. I'm like, absolutely crushed it. And they're listening to it, but you know, I get tears running down my eyes and Jerry's just like whew, seamlessly just reading off this obituary. Oh yeah. Like, and it always ends with so-so was 73 years old. Yeah. yeah. to black and the board. I'm yeah, usually, t- when I'm reading those things, I'm generally speaking, thinking about what to have for lunch. Mm. Oh, you know, you're so, so uns- you're dark-hearted, <laughs> dark, cold-hearted. I'm the same though, Charms. I can't, I can't give a shit. I'm like, everyone dies. Well, eventually, hey Craig, remember when um, the, the worst one, the craziest one, was the uh, when the Leicester City owner died in the helicopter crash? Oh yeah, That's remember right. that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you had to read that. I remember read, that. Well, explain that one. And it's all coming down. It's all kind of fluid, right? The information's coming down. We're not sure who's died and before, you know, there's all these rumors coming down that Christ, you know, Maradona was yeah. aboard the helicopter, you know, and yeah. George Best and Pelé and some of them are dead for years, but they're on that helicopter. So many, so much misinformation. You're trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was weird though, wasn't it? Because we didn't know were players involved, you know, uh, what's yeah. going on is so strange. Did, have you guys ever seen the video? Initials yeah. the panel, and the oh. guys are, are sitting there. They're talking about it, and the plane. You see the helicopter behind him go up, and then just drops like a like a like a rock. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, a brick with a ribbon tied to it. Yeah, it's like that one that that plane crashed a few months ago. Now that that they got video of it going down. I think in, was it Malaysia? I forget where it was oh, now. Yeah. And it's coming down vertically. I saw that just before I went to Costa Rica. It was like a day before. I saw that video and it's like, well, I'm going to be doing some shots before I get on that airplane tomorrow. Especially if it was the airline called TACA, which is a Costa Rican airline. I'm not sure they're around anymore. We used to call it Take a Chance Airline. <laughs> yeah. <it> dodgy? <laughs> yeah. It's a Greyhound bus with wings on yeah. it. Pretty much. Yeah. No, it is. I you flew Aeroflot in Russia too, in the in old communist Russia. That was a that was an experience. That plane 
I think they were missing a couple engines and yep. Jesus. You have, to, you have to bring your own chair. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Little <laughs> like your arms, right? <laughs> they even got people outside pushing. Yeah. Flop those flop the arms. Flop the arms. Take it yeah. just over the hill here, guys. We'll get a good run. Yeah. yeah. Air disaster humor. Never, <laughs> never fails to do its job. All right, back to some, some domestic sensitive people. Yeah, well, yeah. there are. They shouldn't be listening to our podcast. No. Actually, let's be honest. There are it's, enough it's... warnings on our show now. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Kent let you know before the show today that sometimes lads can get a little bit, you know, over the edge there. Anyway, um, back to some domestic content now. And a couple of rather well-known clubs have actually joined forces here in Canada. Bayern Munich is one of them. The other is the Toronto Blizzard. Now, many of you are probably thinking to yourselves, the Blizzard, they're still around? Well, yeah, they are in the academy soccer world. So to explain all this is Toronto Blizzard president and technical director, Joe Paralini. Joe, welcome to the show. Um, apologies if we've offended you so far with some of the uh, the conversations we have in this podcast. It's what we do, but uh, happy to chat with you. So explain to us, please, you know, for, for those out there who, who are, you know, their interest is now perked because it's a famous... Uh, a stoic brand in Canadian soccer circles, the Blizzard. What exactly is this relationship and where did the Blizzard rise in the ashes and when? Well, first of all, gentlemen, thanks for uh, having me on. Um, some of these faces uh, were very, very young <laughs> when I was back in the old professional days like uh, Jimmy and Craig and uh, Jason, that's not on. Um, first of all, I actually played for the predecessor, which was uh, Toronto Metros Croatia. Then it became uh, Toronto Blizzard. I was the GM back in the old Canadian Soccer League. Um, when it went, uh, unfortunately, didn't survive after the 91-92 seasons. Uh, the league went bankrupt. I took it out of uh, uh, bankruptcy and expunged it. Kept the name because we always want. It was a name that everybody knew quite well. So I've owned the name since the late nineties. Um, and I really started looking at some of the issues we had after the 86 world cup that I was on, um, which is great to see the men finally qualifying again. And um, I started it. Then when I was with the women's national team, we had issues with some players that unfortunately at that time, there was no pro league for the women and they were losing scholarships, et cetera. So I figured we started a scholarship program to get them playing against universities again, to try to get them education and also playing at the high level. And then it started that, you know, there was a, let's call it a misdemeanor that the grassroots program here was working. Um, a lot of our players that are working and the current players are all playing overseas, as did a lot of our 86 World Cup players that I trained. Uh, they were playing in the North American Soccer League. So, I decided quite a while ago and two and a half years ago, we started talking to about, I'm going to say nine to 11 um, champions league teams. We started narrowing it down. Most of them were easy to, to say no to. They all wanted either a licensing deal or uh, some type of form of money up front. And I said, no, um, we handed in a massive due diligence and uh, background checks and uh, Byron took till just before, 2021 to approve us almost two years 
Then they put us in touch with the international director. He came over, checked us out, checked the training, checked the players. Uh, I took him around to facilities. And over here, it's a true partnership. Uh, if you've seen some of the videos, the players are endorsing it. Uh, we're on their website as the news. Uh, it's not an affiliation. It's not a licensing deal. It's a true partnership where we have to follow the Byron model. So all our coaches, including my assistant uh, head coach, he's well, he's my assistant, but he's the head coach of the club, is Lorenzo Redwood. He's the national team assistant coach for Canada Futsal. Uh, we all start at level one. And we follow the Byron model, and we try to. We're going to try to develop players, as you know. Byron and uh, Holland are great development development uh, models for young players to become pro. Joe, what kind of guidance does uh, Byron give you? Uh, other than that, is there any specifics that are are very strict, or are they quite uh, loose and give you some freedom? No, it's going to be um, strict in the word of, uh, as you know, coaching. <laughs> Uh, coaching is always a loose term, but uh, no, we're starting a, a similar type of uh, podcast where we follow and listen to what their methodologies are, try to understand what they're doing. Um, and then when they come for the camp and really, this is a long-term project. So it's really, you know, they've seen a, a very small sample size. Um, we'll see what this sample size is like. Is there anybody that they can ID on the men and women's side? And then, we will be going over there with our staff, with players, and uh, we have to really learn that ideology. As you know, uh, you know, where do you play to get the best soccer right now? Overseas. And um, over mm -hmm. here, we're trying to see if we can also bring in academy or club coaches that want to work with us and also be on the field with the Byron coaches. Joe, what age do you think is the the optical age really to send somebody over to Europe. I mean, it's hard to say, I suppose, but they're getting younger and younger. I went over at 16. Some guys are going over at 14, 12, you know, junior Hoylet was 12, I believe. Yep. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on the age and, and, uh, and then some of the pressure that we put on young, young boys and girls? Yeah. Well, I think, as you know, um, you know, FIFA's putting a clamp down on under 16 and unders because of signing and everything else. So clubs have to become clever, et cetera. So I think what Byron and their model working with somebody like us is to start with younger kids. And why? <laughs> they don't have bad habits. You can start molding them. Uh, we're also going to have a younger age where they have youth coaches. They're actually their youth coaches that come here and try to model them. It's not just the technical skills. It's the diet, the nutrition, everything else that goes around the psychology of a becoming a, pro a professional player, but also at the young age on what it means to become a soccer player. So what, what does Bayern hope to get from this? Um, I'm assuming well, that they're looking to ID talent. It comes to Alfonso? That. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another Alfonso. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I'm wondering, actually, Joe, I mean, without Alfonso, does this deal go ahead? I mean, does this open their eyes into Canadian talent? It does. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Alfonso is naturally a cherry on the top that they that they got, a great person, great player. But again, I think, uh, you know, everybody here has been in Ontario long enough to know there's a lot of athletic players here. What, what they lack is the coaching and some of the proper guidance to become a professional. That's hence why everybody... Not everybody, but the majority have to go overseas. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a huge club, Bayern Munich, though. Um, will they be sending coaches over here to work with you guys at, at times? Will there be camps with, with some names coming over to Toronto? Yeah, the, the summer camp is with four coaches of their from their staff. We become assistants. 
We go to different clubs, academies that want to work with us and bring kids in and we bring them on to also learn so they can bring it back to their clubs. Um, and then during the winter, they'll be bringing coaches also, depending on the number of uh, winter, three, we call it 365. So now, you mentioned the ones leading the program. Sorry, James. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned it's a partnership, you know, it's not a licensing deal no. here. Um, this is a huge club, Bayern Munich, you know, a huge brand. Um, are they going to listen to you as well, who understands the Canadian landscape for soccer? A lot of these clubs come in and they want to just do it their way and to hell with everything else. But they must also, I imagine, listen to you. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, as as you're aware and everybody, the players like uh, Jim and uh, Craig, you know, pay to play is a strange word in Europe. <laughs> you know, I like you, I yeah. sign you, that's it. Um, mm. So it's hard to understand. So there's pros and cons. Uh, you know, naturally pay to play covers your cost and you can develop a player for basically at no cost. The problem is a lot of clubs feel threatened by this type of partnership. Uh, they put on camps that to block kids, they, they'll do whatever because clubs in general make money by keeping players and trying to win. Um, we don't really look at summer games. We look at development and you want to come into the camp and go back to your club. We have no issues. Hmm. Joe, does the history of the blizzard come into play at all? You know, with the, you know, the great players of the past, uh, Eusebio played for a Toronto blizzard, Brian Budd played for the blizzard, Peter Lorimer played for the blizzard. I mean, there's a, a rich history, Dick Howard, you know, Canadian uh, legend as well. You know, you guys, you know, so that, did that go, go away as far as, you know, uh, that it's not like a startup. I mean, this club and the name certainly is goes back an awful long way. Yeah, I think, uh, listen, anytime there's a history in any club, it helps. I mean, uh, one of the little side notes, not that it made a difference, but one of our original uh, board members in the old North American Soccer League was Franz Beckenbauer, um, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there was some famous people uh, that were on the board, and he was one of them. So there is a little bit of a tie there uh, between that. And, and, and in the old Canadian Soccer League, uh, the owner was also German. Joe, when you um, when you look in in Canadian football, I think one of the issues that we do have is that we have lack of resources and facilities, um, and that's one of the the biggest things that I find for these young kids is trying to emulate a professional environment. Do you think in time Bayern would look to invest and in, and in help build a structure over here and facility? Great question, Jim. <laughs> um, in our contract, that actually states that, as you've read, we're looking to form a CPL team that suits our demographics. Uh, we're looking for an NWSL team for the girls, but also a facility. But the facility is more European style than Canadian style, where right now, Jim, you've been there. So how many times do you warm up before the previous game? Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're looking at a true facility that there are some in um, what's it called? Um, is it Wiggum in Michigan? They have a phenomenal type of where they have about 15 yards behind each each uh, goal where they have warm up areas. On the other side, they have uh, fitness areas and everything. But you also need to include right there and then, uh, you know, your um, classroom for the kids to do classroom. I mean, when I went over to ever 10 years ago with my son, uh, they had a phenomenal, you know, the, they pick up the kids, they bring them there, they do their homework, then they have a snack, they watch TV and, and boys, lads, let's get on the field now. So yeah. I think you have to look at in, incorporating more than just, Jim, 
come rent my field for an hour and go home, right? You need to find the facility that truly, truly suits uh, a soccer environment. If that's a legacy, that's that's fantastic. And I think a lot, a lot of CPL fans would be very interested in seeing the Blizzards brand and CPL. How how far are those conversations along right now? That that sounds interesting to me. Well, it's it's slow because first of all, we have to deal with uh, the city. Uh, we're talking to various cities, uh, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, it's more it's more than you know. There was politi- uh, There was a lot of elections going on, and people are more concerned about their own being elected or not. I think we have to look at a demographics that's going to suit um, the players, and where and it also has to be close enough to the major arteries and you know we really don't have a lot of major arteries so really our space and demographics have to coincide but you know what do we really have the 401 partly 407 covers part of the gta then you got the 410 427 and 400 so you know and and as you guys uh, gentlemen know there's not a lot of land available so it might have to be a private uh, public sector uh, financing and of course, York would have an opinion, I'm sure, on this as well. Um, well, I don't think it's a secret that York is moving because uh, that's been that's been given. So they won't they wouldn't be in York. All right. So the plot thickens here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was in the papers, right? I think, uh, and I'm. It was in the newspaper, so I'm not speaking out of turn, but they're starting to build at uh, Woodbine, uh, some type of collaboration. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, yeah, Jim well, listen, would have more insight probably than I Yeah, Jim, inside the York Insider, Jimmy Brennan, that's, former coach. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the plan. It's to, they're, they're looking to, to build a stadium over in Woodbine. Perfect. Oh, thanks, yeah. Jimmy. Thanks for the <laughs> – thanks, Jim. Hey, no, just, open, just open a newspaper, fellas. Hey. <laughs> you find them. If you read, you'll find it. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> it, it was, I think about two months ago, actually. Why would you want an old broke. York player or manager to come on or Nottingham Forest guy, you know, on the day of the celebrations and the promotion back in the Premier League for so long, you'd want Jimmy, right? But, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sometimes He's either drunk or, or asleep. <laughs> listen joe thanks so much for this um for more information if someone's listening and wants to find out about this collaboration with buying uh where where can they go well so to you know again um you know especially jim who's been at the grassroots level club level what's the biggest problem ah joe perolini's not doing that blizzard aren't doing that so what byron actually suggested if you go to their news section it's been a few weeks but if you scroll down on their news the announcement, the players endorsing it is right on the Byron website. Uh, you can go right through to the registration form. Uh, we're updating our whole registration form and everything on our site. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing is if people doubt it, go right to Byron's News, go back a few weeks, and you'll actually see it. Not only the registration, like I said, but the players. When these other clubs are coming in, it's an affiliation. Check the you know, the clubs that are endorsing some of these clubs, see if they're actually endorsing it on their own website. I mean, for you, validity, you might have to know to... German, but other than that, you're okay, Joe. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have, t- I have trouble with Italian, let alone German. <laughs> hey, listen, English isn't our friend either, so we get it. Uh, Joe, listen, thank you so much for this. Good luck with everything. And we'll certainly uh, be uh, very interested observers. Tell Thanks Jonathan I said hello. <laughs> Who? 
Jonathan. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Jimmy, I hardly see him, but I will. <laughs> he comes over when he's hungry. Dad, any pasta? Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> but I will. I'll pass on your best wishes to him. Okay, great. And you know he got married, eh? I heard. Yeah. Good for him. So did I. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe, thank you so much. All that right. Was great. Thanks, James, and everybody. Thank you. Have a great day, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Cheers. Good, Joe. That is Joe Paralini. Uh, it's interesting, eh? The whole um, CPL potential there. Now, obviously, there's there's a lot of, like Joe was saying there, there's a lot of challenges there. These things don't happen overnight. But with Atletico Madrid coming involved with Ottawa, of course, mm-hmm. buying potentially with a, with a potentially a blizzard CPL team, mm-hmm. um, there is interest, right? Canadian soccer is is making some of the big football nations take a sit up and note, get noticed here. So it's, a, it's a, almost like an untouched, untapped resource, Canada. You know, we have tons of potential and uh, in our athletes and getting them young is, is definitely key and uh, getting them the best opportunities, best coaching at the youngest possible age is, is very important to the ones that have that ambition to take that next step. I was surprised to hear about that ambition. Sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah. The the um the CPL interest. I mean, that's the that does seem to be the goal now, right? For for almost all of these these new clubs that come in with a, a real business model or come into a market that you know has some potential that had been untapped, like Peterborough or or Barry, uh, the Simcoe Rovers, like they're starting that with the intention of reaching CPL. We had uh, David Klenikin on before he um, stepped down and took the the rights to the Windsor team. There's a lot of people knocking on that door. And, you know, I think it's good that you've got Electric City and Simcoe Rovers developing in League One and developing players, establishing their own brand. If that's now the ascension, that they can then develop a, a League One operation and then buy into to CPL, uh, eventually grow to, you know, 20 teams. Wouldn't that be amazing? 20 yeah. teams in the Canadian Premier League? I think it'd be great. And I think the, the way that they're doing it, and I hope they end up doing it right, because around the world, football is community-based. Mm-hmm. And with the population that we have in Toronto, you can't just have one team, right? You need to create those derbies and those local rivals, you know, where the fans in one community are traveling 15 minutes down the road, and all of a sudden now they're in another stadium playing against mm-hmm. another community. Yeah. And if we can slowly start doing that around the GTA and planting teams, and you really start to create those rivalries and the passion for the communities and it, and it builds the communities up because then people are really proud of where they come from. Mm-hmm. So it takes, some, it takes, takes some a lot of time. Yeah. Sure it takes it some time because you got to build that history. Right. And, yep. and that takes time. We've seen it in MLS that over the years, really with Toronto, I see Montreal, Vancouver, like, but, no, but it's so disingenuous, right. When, when some of these clubs are so protective of their, their geographical area. Right. Because yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think by building rivalries, you actually will eventually build more fan bases right and increase the fans you know i think it's very it's it's not you're not thinking long term when you're saying oh we can't have a team within 50 kilometers of us that's ridiculous yeah. that's our base mm-hmm. of fan support that's bullshit yeah. well you, if you, you put build it, it. talk about the nhl and you know the toronto area itself and the toronto maple leafs and the popularity the size of this city you look at london how many clubs they have in the premier league five six clubs just in the premier league in one city alone and it's just, oh man, it's just a brilliant. Right? What, 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 if we had three or four NHL teams, it could easily do that, and there would be just this unbelievable rivalry, and yeah. you know, create this culture. Well, you you look at Toronto FC. Who's who's their who's their derby? It's Montreal. 
the five hours away. Yeah. But that's North I mean? America, though. That's yeah, that's crazy. Saying, that's but, it's, like, but it's Southampton's you... derby is with Ipswich, <laughs> yeah, or, New, yeah. or Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. more like actually, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? It's it sounds it sounds funny when everybody, oh, that's our local rival, that's our derby, and I'm like, well, you're the five hours, they're not derby, even in the same man. province. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't even speak the same language. Yeah, it's like the M1 derby. <laughs> It's not yeah. the same, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It isn't the same. It, it, it'd be exciting, though, to – you're right, to have you know two or three CPL teams in, in this greater Toronto area. Uh, Joe hinted at there, uh, you know, when you, you said, well, what about York? It's, well, they're leaving York. So it seems, seems like York region is open for business, as uh, Doug Ford yeah. tells us. I think we should uh, talk to our friends over at Torstar, and the five of us create the Toronto Primers. And we run, uh, we get to buy in with the tour star guys and we run the, uh, the new primer FC. I love the idea. Yeah. So for people that want to get top of their house leagues, we're the guys. We're the guys. That's us. Yep. (laughs) Why don't we just take over B's team? That's I, a good idea, actually, isn't it? I really want to get you out. <laughs> I love it league for no running is you don't have to, you're not allowed to run. <laughs> what, divi- what division are you in now? It's uh, my 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 co-ed division that I pay for at uh, XTSC, pay to play. Um, yeah, you're a champion as well, I believe. It's the did, middle. Did yeah, you get, we, didn't you get promoted? We have won the championship, so it's 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 pay to play. So it's not a promotion relegation system. So basically, it's based on how many X you know travel rep players that I have available to me, <laughs> where I where I decide where to place us. So where, everybody's a winner. Yeah, we're we're in the intermediate division, which is a step above the recreational division. It's uh Ooh. it's co-ed. Seven aside, so uh, six v six outfield players. Uh, we, Ooh, we say a very. If rigid. we take over this team, which seems like it's it's quite a possibility at this point, if <laughs> yeah. we take over, there might be an awkward conversation off the top. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We're not changing the jerseys, guys. Yeah. Keeping the Aston Villa shirts. Hey, come sit beside me, young right. man. We'll keep the jerseys, please. We'll keep the jerseys for. Love. Okay. Get to the get to the sideline. Deja vu, wouldn't it be? Like well, I've been here before, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dunlop, you're playing left, right, out. Yeah. Sherman's always <laughs> for for 15 years in this industry. Sherman's always trying to sun me, so yeah, I'd have the opportunity to like, ah, I'm gonna be my dad, and you're gonna be James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're playing for those girls today. Yes, they're short today, so yeah, you can dictate play in their midfield. All right, listen. Um, what else was I gonna? Oh, did you see the PFA 11 came out? Read it to us. Right. Uh, I haven't got it here. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, let me try and think. It was uh, It was Trent on the right. Left, it was Cancelo. Hey, start with a goalkeeper. Van, Come on. Hey. Van hey, Dijk. Hey. Oh, sorry. Well, who cares about that? Who was the goal, actually? Was it? Was it uh, Allison? I'm pulling it up here. I think it was Allison. Yeah. It was Allison, yeah. Oh, Allison. And you got Van Dyke, and then you had someone else beside him. Big money move. He's, uh, Kadish Buchanan's going to Chelsea. Alexander Arnold. He's going to where we thought she was going. Antonio Rudiger. Rudiger, that's right. Rudiger, thank you. And then in in the mid, oh Christ, I really should have written this down somewhere. Kevin De Bruyne. You, De Bruyne. you wrote down all the Liverpool Matt players, Rudiger. I see. <laughs> Strange that, isn't it? He's got a teammate who Pep is quite Rodri? fond of. Uh, no, Rodri? not Rodri. No. Think, no. think about someone. Oh, uh, it was uh, Bernardo Silva. That's right. Right, Bernardo Silva. Yeah, And then someone who's uh, a Champions League winner and has had a real... Um, not turnaround, I would say, but uh, very much played to his level this season and is uh, at times unplayable. He's just phenomenal, unstoppable. Um, 
Um, he plays what? for Liverpool. You love him. He plays for Liverpool. Oh, Thiago's in there, which surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, two other Liverpool players in there. Yep. And then Salah was in there. Obviously, player of the year. And um, was this Mane is a in PFA, there? right? PFA Mane was player, in there. team of the year. And, yeah. and the whole point of this whole, you know, drawn out, Premier League painful, superstar. painful uh, uh, guesswork. Um, Ronaldo got in there. But Hong Min Sun did not. Mm. Golden Boot winner did not. Wow. This is a player boat, though. Uh, yeah, it just shows how stupid you people are. Oh, yeah, we're not the brightest. We're not the brightest. But I will say, well, look at the Canadian men. I mean, <laughs> say no more. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, we tend to struggle sometimes. But <laughs> the uh, players do vote on this a long way before the end of the season. So if you go back to when the voting was well, – I'm not sure I remember when I was a player, but – when that actually happens, who's in the media, who's in the forefront of their minds. And yeah. they're just going to write down a list on this little piece of paper that they're not going to be part of. And, uh, Ronaldo and they, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, that's you how it works. You don't give it much thought, do you? When you did they vote, Craig? When did you get, when did you guys oh, get, a little, you get a little ballot? Remember a little piece yeah. of paper with all the names come on and you just March. Them on. Yeah. So like March. three months of the season. I know. Is that I what know. it is? Like a little ballot. Like you get all the players in, in the premier league. And you decide, I mean, and how much thought, I know Dickio said they used to get the kit man to do it for them. They didn't give a shit. But did you care, Jimmy? Did you spend much time agonizing over your preferred 11? No, because I wasn't on it, so. Did you vote for yourself? Can you do no. that? No. Hmm. You, you could. Like a moron you, you, you could, as long as you could you kind of slide it in there, amongst all the little pieces of paper before somebody, hey, Jimmy <laughs> voted for himself. <laughs> we, know, we know it's Jimmy because he spelled his name wrong. Yeah. yeah, I was there. I was racing everybody's ballots to put my name. <laughs> yeah, that was for club player of the year. Yeah, yeah. who's Still Jen Brennan? Who's Jen Brennan? Yeah, <laughs> who is Jen Brennan? Yeah, it's like Patrice Evra. No, Jim Brennan's going in there. Uh, Ronaldo votes for himself. Yeah, there's no doubt he does. Himself. Absolutely, and he wouldn't even care. You said that you didn't want the rest of the guys to see it. He would tell you. Yeah, he yep. vote um one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. We've got a little bit of fun poking in Ronaldo. So that made this whole segment worthwhile. That's good to see. Um, anything else, boys, you want to get to? Your Wednesday show was top class, guys. I, uh, that was fun. I, uh, I actually haven't completed it, but uh, from what I did hear, the stories were, were legendary. And I probably will never take a sleeping pill before <laughs> taking a flight because I'm afraid, uh, you know, flying nowadays, shit, might never yeah. take up. I remember, you know, I was sick and more about those sleeping pills. I have no idea what they were called. The doctor gave it to us. And I guess with sleeping pills, sometimes you, people have a trouble staying asleep. So it's not getting asleep. You need to have something that will keep you asleep or you have trouble getting to sleep. These ones were like getting hit by Mike Tyson. <laughs> and it was 10 hours of you. You're out. You're out. You might wake up crippled. And my leg was like my knee was hyperextended for hours. Felt no pain until you woke up. <laughs> but after three hours you're going off on a stretcher with slobber coming out of your mouth <laughs> it was the way jimmy laughed it's a it's a i know that's I right the best it. part of that was when jimmy goes hey tell tell him tell him the story when you you took the sleeping pill <laughs> you barely finished the sentence <laughs> i love that part <laughs> oh god um i guess we're doing pick, picks today or what I forgot hey, about Patrice that. Bernier, great to see him at that game for Canada. Yes. And Dasso representing out as well there, eh? Nick Dasovich. 
on the pitch. It was I remember nice Dasso having so much gray hair. It's just it's remarkable how dark it was. You know what? He heard our he heard me when I took the old just for men, you see. So he's he's had a little uh, put a little almond dip in there. I shall be giving him a call today to wind him <laughs> <them> up. <laughs> but great great news for Patrice. I'm so happy for him. He deserves it. Well done, Patrice. Yeah, one of the one of the good guys in Canadian soccer. And not many of you guys who are good. Certainly not no. in this podcast. <laughs> He's a beauty. So that's good to know. So yeah, um, uh, there's no, you know, I just doing you know, dish picks today because no one's done any work. No one's, no. Well, I mean, today. There, there's some very attractive North Star bet odds for the CONCACAF Nations League uh, action happening uh, tonight. Uh, okay. the, the big bad Grenada is taking on the U.S. men's national team. Oh my God! Um, bit of value here if you like. Uh, if you think you know, maybe the upset is prime for hey, the listen, Caribbean nation. As we know. From What's Craig, the over under? Early this qualifying campaign. Yeah, let me check the total, but let me give you the. Let me show you just how sharp these lines are. By, yeah. by, the, by the way, they're playing Grenada, and isn't that Michael Finley, Canadian, is a head coach? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that, that's his team. Is yeah. that where he is now? Okay, yeah. oh, good yeah. for him. And he's scouring the world looking for players with backgrounds to that country, and he's found a few. You know, lower divisions, Leighton Orient, those types of teams. And Maybe now they have, a, they have a dream of finishing 10th in CONCACAF and uh, when they expand the World Cup to finishing there and getting into a playoff spot. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, they, there's certainly a, a dream now that uh, is capable to reach for some of these smaller countries. Maybe not Grenada, but I would... Remember when the United States uh, attacked Grenada? <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah. I, I, yeah, I Noriega. Just about everybody. No, that's Panama. Well, it was Panama, was it? Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah, your private school education really did you well. Eh? <laughs> oh, good. When was Grenada? I remember Grenada, but when was that? What? That was the 80s, though, right? That was the 80s, yeah. Reagan. What did they attack them with? They just went over that. I guess they had some war on drugs. uprising. When was just, Panama? Were like 12 dudes and a, and a gun. Too. A couple of grenades. Oh, yeah. Forgive me, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, my grenade uh, in Panama, <laughs> U.S. invasions mixed up. Or El Salvador, or Honduras, or Guatemala. As much as the primers are enjoying us talking over each other while we talk about U.S. foreign policy, mm-hmm. the whole point of this was, and no, guys, there's no total because Vegas would never lose. Um, there's no total for this game. But look, a bit of value if you like Grenada, plus 3,300. So hey, I, want it, money, I want money on Canada last night. You did. I did. I did. Well, tell us uh, how much. I had, well, like, I won like, I put 10 down and I won, <laughs> I won 20. 10 cents. For, for me, that's a no, that's $10, Craig. I'm kind of a. Wait a second. You had a two on. to one bet? Yeah, 10 to win 20. No, I, I got Canada win and to the over at three and a half. Oh, oh okay. So you parlayed it to be level. Even. You got it even money. So you, um, the 20, actually, you didn't actually, win no, 20. So actually, no, actually, I won 30 in the end, I think, wasn't it? It wasn't even. It was a little bit better than that. Not much oh, okay. better, but a little bit better. Oh, you, you can get a Starbucks and a croissant now. Mm. I know. Hey, listen, for me, this is breakthrough gambling for me, Greg. Eh? I mean, I I'm betting $5, I mean, $10 at a time You would have been absolutely sweating if you had a chance to lose 10 bucks. Oh, You're English. Jesus. You were always going to get to this point. It just took 300 <laughs> gambling ads on television during your hockey games to get you to do this, but you were always going to. Your <laughs> well, I will, hockey I, I will say that when he, I, like I put the money down. Seven year half. old, your, your hockey. I've got to watch my wrestling. <laughs> Over three and a half, and I'm hearing these dickheads, Forrest and KJ, pregame saying, oh, watch out. There's going to be a tough one. I'm thinking, no, it can't be. And I'm thinking, shit, should I put that money down on that bet? And so I you just went, you just missed us and then went dead against us and you won. 
No, I put the money in before, like well before I saw the pregame show. Oh, so that made you yeah. really worried when we so said... I was a bit worried. Yeah. I thought, these guys usually know what they're talking about, but not last night, apparently. <laughs> well, if you're very confident that Grenada is not going to upset the United States, then take the United States. Um, they are minus 10,000, which for those still new to gambling means in order to win $100, you would have to wager $10,000 <laughs> to win 100 one. I, the... I think that's a good that's a good bet. So if you've got ten thousand in the account, put it on the U.S. Men's National hey, Team tonight. The footy prime account. Let's do it. All right. We we definitely have ten thousand sitting there, right? Yeah. You must really want a hundred bucks <laughs> if you're going to gamble ten grand. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Some degenerates just might though. Guaranteed I, money, right? The uh, so so Pretty when you much. when you bet a favorite like that. Um, it's always risky, right? Obviously, the line is there because it's expected. But there are a lot of times where, like, that doesn't happen. Um, my worst beat ever uh, back at the Hardcore Sports Radio when I used to gamble on a regular basis, the Women's World Cup, the U.S. Uh, was playing North Korea. And I forget where this was, but it was in the middle of the night. Uh, early morning, maybe it was like a 5 a.m. And uh, anyway, I wake up at 9 expecting to see, you know, my winnings. And they they drawn. And I had, like, minus 550 to win 100 on the U.S. women to beat North Korea. <laughs> uh, never again. <laughs> That's the trouble with those when you look at it, you think, yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed, but you're laying a lot of money. And you think, yeah. okay, 100 bucks, you do that, 100 bucks, you do it again, 100 bucks, and they keep going. But you lose once, holy cow. You you haven't right. made enough, to, you know what I mean? So it's a gamble responsibly. Yep, yep. The small print across scrolling across the bottom of this podcast says gamble responsibly. Know your limits. Right. That was we, my we, limit. We, we do not know our limits on this. Well, no, you know, just yours is usually you about 56, 56 cents. Usually is your max bet. I think what I ever knew. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. You're now going to 10 bucks. You're, now, you're, you're getting into that yeah. addicted area. You know, It's the most like, I've ever bet ever. Yeah. But I was really confident against Curacao. They do well. And obviously, I know more than you, talk, you guys. So. Yeah, guys, we should keep our eye on Charms. Yeah, know your limits. Our limit is usually when Charms has to go to his other job. Which is now, I think, right? We're up against. It is, yeah, pretty now. much. I'm like right. so far behind. Yeah, I've got to get so, and he's, he's going gambling his, away all his yeah, profits. Exactly. As is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's invested in this gambling company, and now he's he's putting more money hey, into his. I'm account. the face of I'm the face of North Stars. You know, baseball betting right now, mm-hmm. hockey betting. You know, on Twitter, <laughs> I do a lot of that right now. I know my shit. You should listen. Are you getting them right? Um, sometimes I do. You told Sometimes me to take the Celtics the night that the Warriors won. So. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, that's what happened there? Listen to me. Is that finished yet? The NBA playoffs? No. 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 Two one. Okay. Right. I saw your Rangers are in trouble now, B. Jesus yeah. Christ, Tampa's on a mission. Back against the wall. Wow, just these late goals, man. It's two games in a row in the last, you know, ninety seconds. The Rangers concede. Like uh, anybody know. watching that anymore? I mean, I'm loving it. Was it in Tampa last night or in New York? Uh, last night's game five was in New York. Okay, so it wasn't too tough they, to, they to go, kind of wait. How are you a Rangers fan if you're from Windsor? Canada game. Shouldn't you be a Detroit fan? 94. So, yeah, I get asked this all the time. Uh, my dad's a diehard Leafs fan. I guess out of spite, I didn't uh, join it, uh, join in with him. But the Wings, think about the TV. It's um, There wasn't a, a local TV deal to see the Wings. So unless you were listening on the radio or you know going 30 times uh, – a game they, they weren't as accessible the national package hockey in canada was more and at that time like as a kid 94 like mark messier the rangers were good they ended up winning um i had a crush on new york in general so that was it i chose another have- original six 
franchise. Dunny, you know what happened that night? I was in Vancouver. I picked up my girlfriend from the airport and I missed the first period and I almost left. I almost got her to take a fucking cab. I'm like, the, the Canucks are playing game seven against the Rangers. Like, what the heck? I got to pick her up. So anyway, I do that. Go back to the hotel, watch the rest of the game and they lose. And we were downtown Vancouver. Thought oh, this is going to be great. If they win, it's going to be incredible. But they lose and you can still hear horns honking and various things going on. We're like, oh, let's go for a walk. See what's going on. Next thing you know, we end up on Robson Street, tear gas, being fired everywhere people scattering it was just insanity we got pulled into this restaurant ended up in there they were great and uh the tear gas was just sort of flowing through the doors even though they shut them and it was just it was incredible and then getting back to the hotel i was uh, we got treated by the police they're pushing us around everywhere you can't go here you can't go we're like trying to get back to the hotel it was yeah so that's my 94 experience so You'd never see that behavior in Toronto. Never. Oh, yeah, mm, right. Uh, have, have you ever had tear gas charms? Let me be a force here and extend the goodbyes. Have you ever uh, had tear gas? I don't think so. Jimmy? No. It's, it burns. Holy hell, it burns your throat. <laughs> maybe, yeah. we should, maybe we should try it. Uh, yeah, we should. Yeah, I throw, you know, since I've already gone through it, we'll just fire you in a room and then put you guys in a phone booth and throw it <laughs> <laughs> In Paris, uh, after Portugal won uh, the Euro, the um, Paris is actually the third largest Portuguese city on the planet. But there are like 700,000 Portuguese people that live in Paris. So the Champs-Élysées was flooded like when France wins because it was all the locals, Parisian plates. A lot of these Portuguese people that don't even speak Portuguese or French, mm. um, you know, celebrate in Portugal. So to disperse this massive crowd, they would just drop tear gas like literally from the, from the Trump right? The arc and push everyone back like 200 yards. Well, we showed up late. I had no idea what was going on and we're walking towards the arc. Uh, and all of a sudden people start stampeding down. So stepped into the, into the street. My cousin Jay goes to like light a cigarette just as we get the waft of this. Oh my God. The taste is, ugh, took two hours to get the taste out of your mouth. That's how the French though deal with any kind of potential crowd trouble. They just mm -hmm. tear gas the fuckers. Yeah, it's more that Champions League final. Yeah. yeah, that's what they do. It's just it's very almost just uh, average Friday night in Paris. Gonna get some tear gas. Said, Look, there's people. Drop this. Boom. Yeah, exactly. So I gotta go. You guys can keep talking if you want, but I have to go now. So are, are, we, are we all going, or do you guys want to continue? We're all going. <laughs> all right. Good. Um, yeah. Bye. Newspapers and stuff. Bye. <laughs>